I had been diagnosed with autoimmune disease. I was in a very, very difficult uh, marriage and I had two small children. And I thought to myself, I cannot live like this the rest of my life. I, I just can't. I was so miserable. I literally was praying for someone to knock on my door and say, I've got you. Come with me and I'll tell you exactly what to do. But I didn't have that person. So I literally figured it out all by myself. And it was only because I was able to sit and tune in and clear out all the interference and sit with my soul and say, where do you want to go? And how, how are you going to get there? Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. Because this is the Mind of George podcast, where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George Show, and this is one of those special episodes. What do I mean by special? I mean special as in it was everything I needed to hear today when recording it, and every note that I took, I am going to implement into my life again today. We had an incredible friend of mine who was one of the wisest, most powerful women that I know, and we talked about a lot but I'm going to give you a quick overview. We talk about how we are the byproduct of our environment, how her parents protected this one behavior in her that actually created her success in life, the true source of confidence, how she got her life class from 40,000 different teachers. When you can hold space and listen, people's lives change, how she got her first coaching experience at seven years old. If it's not crazy, if it's not big enough, how being bored might actually be the clarity that you're looking for, You have to own how special you are. The one major thing most people are missing, if you are going to run, run towards yourself. Burnout is not that you get tired. It's that you aren't doing enough of what you love from our dear friend, Jim Quick. The eight key areas of your life that you must look at to get quiet. And all you need is nature. All you need is quiet. And all you need is your breath. Plus so many more nuggets that I couldn't even write down. So this one is an incredible show. Get your pen ready, get your paper ready, get your ears ready, get your presence ready and listen and do it. Listen, put it into practice, take action. And I can't wait to hear what you think about this show, but that's enough of me talking. So instead, let's cue the intro and let's get into the show. Today, I'm joined by a very, very special guest. Uh, This incredible woman uh, got to meet me at probably one of the lowest points of my life that also just managed to radiate love and positivity and acceptance and support. And I could not ever find a word in the dictionary to describe this woman's presence. And I am honored and I am blessed to have my friend Elaine here who had the fairy tale life. She had the storyboard life, the one that's on the vision board of your wall, but something was missing and her soul was empty. And so now she went from dental hygienist to leading her call, to answering the call, to becoming the queen of intuition And now she helps you stop running away from the life that you don't love and start running back towards your soul. And so today we're going to unpack it all. And Elaine, I am so honored to have you on the show. So welcome. 
Oh, thanks for that warm introduction. This is awesome, awesome to be here with you, George. I it's like it's like a time capsule because the other day I was looking at my calendar and I realized like how long it's been, and it feels like a week. And I'm like, no, it's been so much longer. And it's so nice to see your radiating pearly whites everywhere. And so I'm just honored to have you today. Thanks, George. Appreciate it. So I'm going to open a loop. I'm going to open a loop for everybody before we get into this, because you have a book coming out and it is probably my favorite, most annoying topic for people listening because I don't ever stop talking about it. But you get to be more evidence on how powerful it is and the results that you get. And I cannot wait to unpack it. So for everybody listening, you're just going to have to wait about 20 minutes. So we get there. You're welcome. That's called the Zygarnik effect in marketing. And so to set some context, Elaine, though, for who you are and 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 how you got here, can can you give us the evolution of Elaine from coaching at seven to dental hygienist to career to leading women to book? Can can you give us the story of you? And we'll give Satsang credit for that song. Well, thanks for the um, for the opportunity to share my life. Um, when I look back to Elaine as a little girl, uh, you know, my environment was so healthy and we are the byproduct of our environment. And growing up in Northern California on the ocean in the seventies, you know, with the beach boys, with the redwood forests, it was just completely beautiful with loving parents, loving grandparents, siblings. I mean, I had a wonderful childhood and I also knew at a very early age that my parents fostered my alone time. They, they allowed me to sit in quiet and they didn't ever disturb that. And looking back, I appreciate that so much. I remember from literally the age of five, sitting in my grandparents' living room, just looking at their records and being so content. And I thought to myself, you know, this is where I can feel myself the most, where I can connect and not have any interference to that connection. Because we come in as souls into this human experience, but then we get so into this human body that we have lost the soul connection. And I say that in my childhood, I was able to retain that. I don't think I ever lost it, nor was it ever in the early years interfered with. So I really appreciate that growing up. Then, of course, you know, you get older and, and life gets more challenging and, you know, you begin to have adult relationships and have to, you know, be faced with problems. And again, I used my, a, my ability to get quiet and tune in to solve hard problems, difficult problems. And that allowed me to have great confidence at a very early age. I went to Northwestern University. I went to the dental school there, became a dental hygienist. I come from a, a long line of, of dental professionals. Um, and 
that was really after 25 years of being in the dental field, sitting with over 40,000 patients one-on-one. It was my life class, George, because you are sitting with a human being and souls with every human condition you can ever imagine. I started out in the 80s when the AIDS epidemic was in full force. And I was working for a dentist at the time who was inviting in very you know, sick people. And we didn't know how to treat them and be safe, but I said, I want to do that. These people need to also have attention and health, a healthy mouth. And so again, I, I, throughout these years of dentistry, I was so present to the human condition and it really, the patients taught me so much about my own life, about how I wanted to be as an adult. And uh, so those were just the most amazing, amazing years. But there was also something missing because I knew I was, there was something more for me in those years. I knew that what I had cultivated uh, by that time was something very special, but I didn't know what it was. I didn't know how to use it. And what I know now what that was was this holding space and being so present for people. And when you do that, and when you can really be present and compassionate and listen, people's lives change. They can heal themselves. They can overcome obstacles that they never thought they could because you are sitting with them cheering them on. And so I thought to myself, well, I remember on the playground when I was like seven years old helping kids, they would literally just come to me and sit down and tell me their problems. I was sort of that magnet to people. And I think I've always just been that safe person that was like a vault. You know, I would never gossip or share anybody's story that was private to them. I thought, gosh, that is so such an honor for people to come and share the, these private things with, with me. And, and that also happened in, in my dental practice too. So I really honored that with people and still do. And that's why I think I'm so sought out is because I really take the person who is very successful, who might be very well known in the world, and they don't know who to talk to. They don't know who to trust. And so I've been that person my whole entire life. And I really honor, I really honor that. Um, And so I took that little hygiene room and that one person and, you know, one-on-one. And I said, I'm going to take everything I've learned about the human condition. I'm going to, I'm going to take that and I'm going to bet on myself to become a coach and to expand this, uh, these abilities that I had. The other ability I had was, um, that I realized later was after you sit with over 40,000 human beings, you begin to connect the dots of patterns. You begin to be able to energetically be able to feel that person's body energy. 
And so how that displays today is the ability to literally be next to somebody or stand somebody and be able to know their ailments. And all of this is weird and woo-woo and scared me at first. But then I began to read about people able to do that. And it was crazy talk to me. But that's the way I live my life. If it's not crazy, it's not big enough. And so here I am today, totally connected and uh, to, to, to God, to, to understanding the mind-body-soul connection and helping people heal, helping people live their very best life and not settle. And um, that has been my story. You know, I went through, I guess, my most difficult time when I was in my early 40s. I had been diagnosed with autoimmune disease. I was in a very, very difficult uh, marriage. And I had two small children. And I thought to myself, I cannot live like this the rest of my life. I, I just can't. I was so miserable. I literally was praying for someone to knock on my door and say, I've got you. Come with me and I'll tell you exactly what to do. But I didn't have that person. So I literally figured it out all by myself. And it was only because I was able to sit and tune in and clear out all the interference and sit with my soul and say, where do you want to go and how, how are you going to get there? And the main thing that I wanted to do, because my parents and my mother did this for me, was I wanted to be the healthiest mom because my kids deserved a healthy mom raising healthy kids. And that is my purpose in life. I love it. I've, I, I just appreciate you, all of you, like every ounce of your beingness. It is a gift. And thank you for sharing all that. And based on what you shared alone, we could do a 10 hour podcast because I have questions galore. And so I'm going to, I'm going to start because I want to kind of ravel these in, but there was one thing that you said, particularly that resonated with me a ton because I remember the feeling viscerally and you were talking about how you felt like something was missing or you felt like there was something more. And that is something that I had a lot of in my life, but I also didn't know how to relate to it. And so it created a lot of shame and guilt because I didn't know what to do. So like, how did you even start to recognize or describe or, or tune into like, oh, something might be missing or I want more. And how do you develop a relationship with that so that you can start working towards that? I was bored. <laughs> the best answer ever. You're like, I knew because I was bored. Was, I was, I was bored. And, and I knew there was something really special about me because I would hear it from people. I would see the way I would help people 
and change their lives. And I saw how I changed my own life. And, um, and, and, and I had to own that. We have to own how special we are and not, and not, and not shy away from that and, and embrace that and, um, and not, and not play small because other people are uncomfortable. And so I was bored. I was bored with what I was doing. I had done it for over 25 years. I was really, really good at it. And I thought, what else can I be really, really good at? And it was as simple as that. And, and then I heard, you know, because this was over like 15 years ago and coaching was just getting started. It's certainly not what it is today. And I thought, there's this thing called life coach. And like, I can, I can actually do that and, and, and create a profession around it. But how scary, because here I was a single mom, you know, every paycheck was, you know, necessary, but I knew that I could do it. And I knew that I, I knew I needed to, it was just my soul saying, this is where you're going, like it or not, you got to like break out of this little room in this little mouth you've been working in for 25 years. <laughs> and you know what, church? I signed up. Uh, I went to life coach school. And the very first day I sat there and the first half an hour that the instructor was speaking, I wrote on my paper at the top of the page, three words, I am home. And ever since then, my life has been just this series of trusting what I hear. I think that messages are the highest currency, not money. If we can be present enough and aware enough to who we encounter every day, and what messages they have for us and we have for them, we are all guiding each other to the end of this life. We are all in it together. You are not alone. We just have to be present and aware of the people that come into our lives who are showing us the yep. way. And I get an entire another podcast on that one too, and I can't wait to unpack that one. Holy moly. I'm I'm like my open loops in my brain right now are going crazy. And I'm just trying to keep them all in check right now so we can land this plane somewhere safely at the end of this. Um, you're way better than me. So I'm gonna tell you where my brain went. You wrote on the top of the paper, like the three words that you wrote. If I looked in forty thousand people's mouths for twenty-five years and I was in a conference, I probably would have been writing down people's mouth, what their teeth looked like, what they needed, because it would have taken me so long to break that behavior. I've been looking at everybody's teeth and not been present whatsoever. So I want to I want to highlight one little part because you talked about how every paycheck was super important, right? You realized that there was something in your life more for you and that what you were currently in was not working and it was time for a change. And you had, in my opinion, one of the best fuel sources ever, which are my kids. Like kids for me, uh, my tank never runs dry when my kids are involved in anything I'm working on. And you got clarity and you realized you wanted something different. 
And I remember many points in my life being there and, and almost being afraid because I knew what I wanted, but I also had what I had. And Jonah Berger talks about this, that uh, a human being requires a 3.1x perceived benefit to take an action. And it's crazy to think about, and you talk about it with such confidence, right? And such, and I know it wasn't easy at the time, but how did you develop that confidence in yourself, like in the actions that you were going to take, in the choices that you were going to make to give yourself that courage to, to step over that starting line? I couldn't look away from the synchronicities that were happening in my life mm -hmm. around the decision. I was led by a very strange conversation, call it strange or call it, you know, divine timing, uh, by a, a drug addict who I ran into at a, at a store who started talking to me. And normally uh, I would just have looked away and walked away from somebody like that. But we got to talking and I said to myself, like, I just knew, again, it's just this quiet scent, the conversation. And he guided me to a labyrinth. If you know what a labyrinth is, is an ancient circular meditative uh, I do. Uh, tool. Now, this was not a place that I would have gone to by myself because it was in a church and it wasn't the same faith as, as I was. But he said, I really feel like this, this is important for you. And so the lesson there was like a drug addict is telling this little hygienist <laughs> who's just on her path of, you know, to go to a labyrinth. And I listened and I did it. And I went there and I overcame this resistance of, no, this can't be for me. It's in a church. Why would I go there? And so those were the hurdles in my mindset of just go with it. Go with what, sh what, what God is showing you and just try it. If, it, if you try it on, if it doesn't fit, okay, move on to the next. But don't miss these signs and don't miss these messages that the world is trying to tell you. <laughs> I got to the labyrinth and I didn't know anything about labyrinths, but it was so quiet there. It was just, it was like peace and quiet. And I needed that at that time. I had gone through uh, two, two divorce trials. And I was exhausted. My heart was tired. I was trying as a single mom to help my kids emotionally, try to find and regain balance in our family. And if anyone's ever been through a divorce, it's tough. So I had to get healthy. And I was determined, like I said before, to get healthy, to raise healthy children. That was it. I am a mother first. That's it. So I get to this labyrinth and it is so beautiful. And I start walking. Mm -hmm. And now that I know this, just energetically, if you go to your local labyrinth or at schools and churches and hospitals, just energetically, just by moving in that circle, 
you gain balance in your in your energy. So I was just drawn to this. And I looked, I had driven by this church with the labyrinth, which was a half a mile from my home for 20 years and never knew it was <laughs> because it was a church and I wouldn't, you know, didn't think there was anything there for me. Yep. So the book is really based around the lessons I learned by going to this labyrinth. The labyrinth is not a maze. It's not there to confuse. It's one way in and one way out. And it's a metaphor for going inward into our being. And that's what I needed to do. I needed to find a way to always be able to get there to that destination. No matter what was distracting me, no matter what trials I was in, I had to stay grounded in me. I knew how to do that as a kid, but as we get older and we're faced with life stuff, we really get off track. And I had to find something that was going to keep me being able to continue to just go right to the center, right to the truth, and stay connected. And the labyrinth, in the center of that labyrinth, that's where I found it. As somebody who has walked a labyrinth, hold on, I know the number 28 times. I've had very similar experiences. Um, I walk one in Costa Rica at least once a year, every day for seven days. And it is a perfect circle. <clears throat> and there are seven stops in and seven stops out. And on the seven stops in at each stop, I leave a beingness that I no longer want to carry. And then I set my intention and pick up a beingness on the seven out that I want to bring forth with me. And so I've never talked about a labyrinth. I've never talked about this before. No one's ever mentioned it before. And my heart was like fluttering with joy because it was a very similar experience to where I was there for an experience that had nothing to do with it. And I was invited over and it was a very, very powerful reminder for me. So I love that we talked about labyrinths. That makes my heart happy. So before I get into crazy stories about all of these things, when you talk about coming home, right? Like going in, coming home, you know, finding ourselves or for lack of better terms, our soul, what does that mean? Right. I, and I, I'm, I'm sharing this from experience, right? So, you know, pre me becoming a personal development coach 10 years ago, I thought woo woo was what you read in a book. Like that was it, right? Like that was it. And now I'm like the conductor of the woo woo train, right? Like I'm like, woo woo, let's go. Like I am woo woo all day and I'm quite a woo woo pattern interrupt, which I love. But I remembered because when I met my wife, she'd been doing personal development, hypnosis, consciousness work for 20 years. And then you get me, wounded, combat vet, 32 years of trauma, completely repressed, never done. And she would say things to me like, you need to find your center. You need to get grounded. You need to, you know, find your way home. And I'm like, what language are you speaking? Like, what, what are you talking about? Like my entire life has been in reactance to trauma or a survival mechanism based on a previous experience. And you're telling me that like, I have to sit still. And that's where all my answers lie. And, and 
the paradigm was so different than anything I'd ever experienced. It was confusing to me. And now I hear you say like, oh, we'll find our way home. And I'm like, oh, stillness practice. As soon as we're done, like I'm tuning in, I'm like ready to go. But I would love to hear in like Elaine's words, like when you say coming home and coming back to your soul and, and plugging back in and going in, like, what does that mean for you? Thousands of people. The thing that I have seen the most is that people are missing one thing. They're missing themselves. And I didn't realize that until a couple of years ago. Because we make choices and we say, we say we want this, we want that. And then we get it and we're like, we don't want that. That's what we do. We think we want something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we get it all. We get the husband, we get the kids, we get the house, we get the car, we get the career. Why are we so unhappy? In the end, what we really want is ourselves, is that connection to who we really are. That's it. Yep. Yep. That's uh, that's 40 years of life wrapped up into a fortune cookie and for me. I want me. to thank you for your service. Because to me, that is the of course. highest level of bravery, of commitment, of honor, and love of this country, and God, and family, and community. And those are my values. Well, this is why we get along so well. So thank you for thanking me. Now... I, I I feel like a broken record, and this is my podcast, so I'll say it anyways, but one of the things I say in almost every intro or outro, you know, because I'm the marketing guy, I'm the relationship guy, right? But I say that most of us spend our life in the new addiction of entrepreneurship, advocating the one relationship that we're guaranteed to spend the rest of our life with, which is ourself. And you know, people ask me all the time, like, you're so successful. You have all this stuff now. And I was like, yeah, but you, you have to remember that five years ago, I was on the completely opposite end of that coin. Everything was gone. My wife was eight months pregnant. We were three weeks away from bankruptcy. Like I walked away from a seven figure company. I had all this trauma and, and I get asked this question all the time when people like, what was the secret? And I never have a long answer. Because the secret was, was actually dating, loving, and building a relationship with myself. And that was it. And it's not glitz and glammy, and it's not sexy all the time, and it's not the boom, 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 but it is single-handedly the number one needle mover in everything that I've done in my life. And no matter which way I spin some marketing angle on it or some good keynote on it, at the core it really comes down to just being willing to explore the relationship with myself and hone it and date it and love it and fill it and acknowledge it and have all the same quiffs I have with my wife, but I have them with myself and find the compassion and find the middle ground 
and eliminate the story and go straight to the feelings. And it's been a massive, massive part. And I told you when we started this before we hit record selfishly, I'm the most excited about this interview that I've been for any other one because I have somebody else echoing all of the same sentiment and doing it better and more grounded and intuitive and powerfully. And so I'll load this question all day for you, Elaine. What is the number one best way for people to start developing a relationship with themselves? To stop running. The faster we run away from ourselves in distraction, in fear, you're going the opposite direction. We have got to stop buying in to the fear that is fed to us all day long if we allow it. We have to begin to create safety for ourselves. And it's hard. And I feel like society has become soft in this way. We've got to begin to do hard things. Face our problems. One of the greatest addictions, personality addictions, is looking away at our lives. Pushing things under the rug, thinking they're going to go away. How do we face the life that we're actually living right now? That is the question. And so Mm -hmm. let's take fear away. Let's stop feeding our minds with the news, with social media, with, you know, five years ago, when we were talking about it, my website, and you said, well, you're not at elaineglass.com anymore. You're at elaineglass.net. Five years ago, I did have elaineglass.com. But George, I walked away from (laughs) everything. I turned off all my social media. Mm -hmm. I took down my website. I literally just demolished everything I had built because I didn't like anything that I was doing. I didn't like anything that I had created. It was all for the machine. It was all for somebody else. It was all for the, the email list, for the likes, for, the, <clears throat> for this and that. And as entrepreneurs, we feed into that machine. And I just wasn't willing to anymore. I really wanted to find, like, how does Elaine want to be an entrepreneur? If I was burned out one more time, I was, I, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was so burned out. And I know we, we, we share our good friend, Jim Quick, uh, as a wonderful friend. And he once said to me, he said, burnout is not that you get tired of doing what you're doing. Burnout is that you're not doing enough of what you truly, truly want and love. That's why you get burned out. So I just, I destroyed everything five years ago. And that's where I just said, I, I am going deep with this Get Quiet. And, and, and the story behind Get Quiet is I had a coach over a decade ago who said to me, okay, you're leaving this dental hygiene practice. 
you've sat with all these thousands of, you know, stadium full of, of people. What did you learn? She like debriefed me after this long healthcare uh, career. I said, I just want people to get quiet. That's how it came. Those two words. And guess what? I needed to get quiet too. And so I destroyed everything five years ago and uh, recreated what I have built now. And that is, my God, look at my life. I'm sitting here with you today, just having this amazing conversation. I know my heart's full. Just my, my bucket is full. So just so you know, and my bucket is I'm full. Just, I, so I, thank I you. have freedom. I have freedom. But it works. It, it takes so much um, presence and, and, and powerful decision-making to get that type of freedom for yourself. But I will not look back and ever, ever operate the way I used to for for other people and for for reasons that just aren't my values now. Right now it's about serving at the highest level. Period. The money will come, the accolades, whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I am here to serve. I'm here to use my voice for good and and to 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 love God and and speak of God as a source and a resource for people to heal and to have guidance and to not feel alone. And I was always so afraid, oh, if you talk about God, people who don't believe in God, well, this and that. I don't care anymore. I don't care anymore. The first proposal I ever sent to a big publisher didn't have one word of God in it. Now, this is a spiritual book. But I was like, oh, I can't offend. What if they, you know, they don't want me using God, whatever. They came back and said, this is a spiritual book, you know. And so then the second proposal, I just put God in there. I said, I, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to you know, bend to anybody or if I can't be afraid of that word or, and now they're interested in the book and they really want it because I was true to myself and I wasn't going to be afraid and that's it. Yeah. And I, I, um, I want to say this because earlier I asked you a question about, um, where did you find the confidence to step into the unknown and, and, in a roundabout way and just to land this plane, really the confidence comes from being fully aligned in your actions because then you're completely unattached to the outcome. And so, you know, uh, for everybody listening, you know, one of the things I joke about is that I'm the most valuable liability you'll ever have. And I make that joke in jest because I know I say certain things and I know I express things a certain way, but those also are true to who I am in that moment. And that's what feels like freedom to me. It's that there's not a story that I'm trying to remember or a narrative or how did I answer it to this person and not that person or 
did I really turn off a part of my soul for that deal? Or did I take that keynote because of a popularity contest? Like if I think it, I say it. And I say that because in my opinion, one of the fastest paths to success is to live in alignment, which then leads me to the next part of this. And I'm excited to have you talk about this around get quiet. I thought a lot of my life was in alignment, but it wasn't because I never sat with myself long enough to know what I truly wanted. I was being the version of me that the world wanted or that entrepreneurship wanted or that that keynote wanted or that business wanted or that my wife wanted or my kids wanted. And what's crazy, Elaine, is it was five years ago when I blew up my company, deleted social media, gave it away, changed my email and changed my phone number. And I met you shortly thereafter. And I think we were on the same timeline, most likely in the same calendar year. And I went off social media for three years. I stopped listening to every music with lyrics. I stopped consuming all content. And all I listened to was like shamanic instrumentals. Yeah. And then I sat with myself and people thought I fell off the face of the earth. And I did. I very intentionally did because I realized that for 35 years, I was the world's version of me and not my version of me because I didn't even know what my version of me was. And, and I'm getting to a question because I, I remember this one specific moment about four years ago, my wife and I were not doing so hot. Um, business was great. And then in the tune of 90 days, business was gone. And we were living in one of our new homes with all of our new cars. Like, I mean, like the stack was insane. Like I lost $300,000 a month, basically overnight. And I didn't lose the lifestyle that came with it. And I'll never forget. I was so upset. Like I was dry heaving. I was emotional. And I called one of my friends who you might know, Stefano Safondos, dear friend of mine, Christine Hassler's husband, um, and he's one of my best friends. And I literally, he picks up the phone and I emotionally hijack him, right? Like I give him the 45 minute drive by, right? I'm like, my life is over. My wife is leaving me. What am I going to do? Where's it? And, um, and I remember it was in December. I'm walking around barefoot in shorts and a t-shirt in two feet of snow. That's how upset I was on the phone. And I'm pacing and I'm pacing and I'm coughing and I'm crying and I'm dry heaving. And he listens for 45 minutes. 45 minutes, doesn't say a peep. And at the very end, all he says to me is he says, sit with it longer and hung up on me. Like literally hung up on me, but luckily he knew me well enough to know what I needed. And it was the best pattern interrupt that I've ever had. And I had no idea what it meant, but it was enough to open a wedge for me. Like it was just a sliver of hope. And so the next day I woke up and I still had this charge in my body. I was still all over it. And I just remember what he said. He said, just sit with it longer. And so I couldn't sit still. So I went on alone, silent hikes every day for almost 30 days. Just me in the mountains. And my goal was I'm going to go out for a walk and I'm going to walk until I get clarity and then I'll walk home. So there were days it was 30 minutes. There were days it was like six hours. But that was single-handedly probably one of the most powerful pieces of advice that I ever got. And I think it's the undertone of like, get quiet. Right. And I love this. And I'm so resonant with this at such a deep level. But can you explain to everybody what get quiet means, how we go about it? How do we start to harness this? How do we develop this relationship with ourselves? Because it's probably the reason that I'm talking to you right now and, and most likely alive. 
uh, is because of that advice that I got. So uh, I told you and I'll tell you again. And by the way, for everybody listening to this, she says it's for women. It's for everybody. Everybody. So I'll be the inclusive one here because I will sell more of this book than anybody you ever know because I couldn't resound more with the message. And so can you give everybody the get quiet? And this all came to me at the labyrinth. I started walking the labyrinth like you were walking Mm. for clarity up those mountains, sitting with it, sitting with life, doing the hard look and not looking away. So the method, there is a method around getting quiet. So I will go through my method with you that I write in the book. There are eight things to look at. Seven represent, like you were saying, the pathways of the labyrinth. The eighth is actually the center of the labyrinth. The the eight things that we look at through this get quiet process to get to the center, to get to the the soul and the body connection, which which you connect with finally in the center. You first, number one, we have to look at the body, the health of the body. Particularly for women, the abdominal region, the womb where all life begins. We have to stop looking away at what diseases we might have. We have to stop looking away at what junk is in our cupboards. We have to really focus on the health and the vitality of our body. So that's step one. Step two, as we wrap around the the labyrinth, uh, remember each step is a pathway that resembles the labyrinth, is our environment. We've got to look at what and who is in our environment, what we are ingesting, the toxins, the people, the clutter. And this is all about cleaning and clearing out and lightning so that we can be the lightness of being that it takes to get to that center. So we're cleaning and clearing out our body. We're cleaning and clearing out our environments. The third is our mind. And it's interesting because the, the, the third is, is, is the longest path in the labyrinth. And that is where the mind is. It's the longest because it's the most difficult. This up here. It's the most difficult. How do we clean and clear out our minds? How do we get to know mind? How do we get to know mind? It's hard to sell no mind. But it it, it has to be. It has to be. We have to clean and clear the mind. The fourth path is rest. We forget about rest. You know, um, leisure is a valid human activity. So rest, after we've cleaned and cleared our body, our environment, and our minds, it's a lot of work. Fourth step is to rest. The fifth is to ground ourselves. Go out in nature, uh, you know, ground these new findings that you have 
the the next is the path of then taking those new findings and moving your life forward in the direction that you you really feel you want to go taking that leap of faith then the next path is connecting to your intuition because you're going to be faced with things that you need to decide and so intuition would be the seventh path then you finally get to the center with all of these new ideas these new feelings these new awarenesses and you can stand in the center and feel whole like a wholeness you've never felt before and you feel whole because your body and your soul are finally connected for the first time and you're not just this this body not knowing where to go or what to do your soul has merged and, and there's a union there and that union is really what the get quiet is all about is finally that union that we have forgotten that we came in here in this lifetime with but that we had forgotten about and finally you get to the center of this labyrinth and you're in this full beautiful union with yourself and basically that is the method of getting quiet now what happened to me that i didn't see coming was as i created these eight steps around the labyrinth what also came to me in a separate sort of channel channeling downloads were energy points that coincided and worked beautifully within these eight steps so i have eight uh, energy points that I also layer into uh, the eight steps of getting quiet. And so you're actually healing at a very deep cellular level while you're looking at your life in these different steps. First off, thank you. Second off, let me know when you license the model so I can teach it. Okay. Just full disclosure. I will always give credit, but I love this to absolute pieces. I actually have a question because I just realized in talking about this, we, we've talked about intuition a lot, right? And earlier we talked about how the greatest form of currency is messages received, right? Which is intuition. Um, and it's something that as I am the conductor of the woo-woo train, I am more and more plugged into and understanding, but it's definitely a muscle and it was something that I didn't really understand. And so can you explain what intuition is to you or like how you would define intuition? Again, um, I know that there is some sort of universal definition. I don't really go by those rules. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I'm not, yes. I, I, I'm, uh, you know, I am just not a dictionary where people can really say, well, the exact meaning of intuition. Oh, no, yeah. I want Elaine's answer. I want Elaine's answer. No, I want so the Elaine version. Me, it hits me um, like a ton of bricks. In, in, in the most loving way, like a mother's voice would. Um, it's not forceful. It's beautiful. It's loving. 
it's a it's subtle and that's why the get quiet is so important because we're really having to pay attention to the subtleties and i yes. think if anything i want to point to that yes i think the subtlety is the best description that i've ever heard i that resonates a lot with me because for me this happened about a year and a half ago where I started to really focus on this and my stillness practice and my space and my environment and all those pieces. And I shared this with you before we recorded everybody listening. Uh, you might've heard this before, but I had a piece of coaching from a shaman who I was, my life is in breakdown. I was like, tell me what to do, like fix my life, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah. And like all shamans do, they stare at you and just ask you questions that have no answers. Uh, which I love them for. And um, he didn't ask me a question. He made a statement and he said, your challenge is you've never been quiet long enough to hear God's whispers. And it's been written on a sticky note since he said it to me two and a half years ago. And it's surrounded by me everywhere because now what I realize is that all the success that I have in my life isn't because I have a master plan. It isn't because I have control. It isn't because I can control an outcome it's that in my day-to-day, -day, I have so much space that I'll be sitting at my desk and I'll get an idea and I immediately take action on the idea. And the challenge before was there was so much noise and so much pressure and full constraint that I never had the space to feel or see or experience those subtleties. And it's really, really interesting because now I play a game with myself. The moment I hear it, the moment I feel it, the moment I think it, I have to act on it. And so I'll be driving and I'll be like, Elaine. And I'll be like, oh, got to text Elaine. And I'll just send a text message because it popped into my brain. And I'll get a response. It's like, how did you know I was thinking about you? I've been meaning to reach out. And this came at the perfect time. And I love you so much. And this is just what I needed today. Like I got one of those this morning because I was driving Branson to school. And we're driving by and there's some wild elk in the field because I live in Montana. And I'm just driving. And the moment I saw the elk, for whatever reason, it reminded me of my friend Matt and Bonnie. And so I immediately just sent him a text and I said, I love you, the end. And I got a text, like multiple texts back from them. We've been thinking about you. They sent me a picture. And, and, and what I started to realize is that first off, no matter how big my ego is, I don't instill those messages, right? Like I'm not sitting here like, oh, in 17 hours, have the thought of Matt and Bonnie pop in your head. In 26 hours, have the thought of Elaine pop into your head. They're not mine. And it's not my job to question where they come from. It's not my job to know where they come from. It's my job to hear the call. And that's how I describe intuition because it's crazy to me. If I look at the trailing 10 years of entrepreneurship, everything that I had a plan or read out of a book or it's like, this is how we're going to do it, mildly successful. Everything where I've like heard something, thought something, and had the courage to follow, astronomical success. Astronomical success. And the reason I say that is because in the dictionary definition, it gets so muddled with what everybody's interpretations are. But for me, intuition is being quiet long enough to allow my soul to speak. And that's how I feel like that is. So I wanted to ask you because, you know, 
those messages were probably already there. They were probably always there, but my radio dial was tuned into a different frequency. It was tuned into the noise of the world and the stuff around me, not into me and, and coming home. And so uh, I'm talking a lot about this because it's had a dramatic impact and I'm really excited to hear it. And for everybody listening, um, these are some of the secrets. Like these are the big ones, right? Like just understanding that at the end of the day, my bank account balance isn't going to be on my headstone and nobody cares what I did. They only really care about how I made them feel, what moments we created and what those experiences were. And I think we all need to remind ourselves of that and spend some time getting quiet for lack of better terms, um, just to be full disclosure. So I have one final question about this because, and this one, this one was a big part for me and I know it resonates with a lot of people. When you throw out the term stillness, when you throw out the term meditation, when you throw out the term getting quiet, I throw this term out a lot. And I would say eight out of 10 times, there is a visceral knee-jerk reaction with an immediate reason not to go get quiet, not to sit still, not to do any of that. And since you've had life experiences of an entire stadium sitting in a chair with you, plus your intuition, and your savage knowledge and how you embody all of this, what are some of the reasons or what are some of the things that you see why people are so afraid to get quiet, to really lean into themselves, to really explore that relationship so that we can get everybody here a permission slip to start diving in? It's extremely confronting and triggering. Yep. And it brings emotions and feelings that we just don't have the tools to handle. Yep. And so if we don't have the tools to handle those things, then we don't. You know, there's that quote that says the measure of a man is a man who can sit in a room alone. Yep. And so we, we, we run from it. It's too hard. Again, these are things that are just too hard because we have built up and piled one difficult experience after another, one hurt, one loss, one disappointment, one trauma, and there's just this pile. And it feels so impossible to actually deal with. They're like plates that are just, we're juggling like a juggler with plates. And if one plate drops, they all are going to drop. And that's what it feels like when people sit alone. And that's why it's such a privilege to be with people in the retreats that I do, one-on-one -on -one private retreats. Let's start to handle each plate one at a time so it's not so scary, so that it is safe, so that you can create some confidence. If I can handle that one plate, I can get to the next one. I feel like, and I don't know how you feel, Elaine, but I feel like at this point in my life, I'm just a walking fortune cookie dictator. 
like like orator like i just basically read fortune cookies because like you said that and i'm like yep you eat an elephant one bite at a time i never made sense of that 20 years ago but it makes sense to me every day right now one plate at a time one bite at a time i absolutely i absolutely love that and since we opened that loop i'm gonna do this now can you tell everybody where to find your zone of genius. I already, by the way, I'm going to say this right now. Everybody listening, getquiet.com, name and email, submit. You're welcome. Just wait. Wait till the universe gifts you with the release of the book and do all that. But Elaine, can you let everybody know like how you support people in stopping from running away from their life and running towards their soul? Where can they find you? How can they experience you? Where can they come have your magic? And by the way, Another caveat where Elaine does these is purely magical, where she takes people through this because I've been there. And so give give everybody the spiel of where we can spread more love and light to Elaine, please. Well, anyone can find me on elaineglass.net. You just click dot net. net. <laughs> um, and place your share your your email and we we will, you know, be able to stay in contact that way. I actually can, you can download a free, um, uh, a free guide. It's the, the selfcarechecklist.com and Ooh. you can get that free guide and it's not your basic self-care, like go to the spa or, you know, get a massage. These are different, uh, uh, things that you can do for your own self-care, mental, emotional self-care. So I encourage everyone to go. Um, get that free guide at elaineglass.net or the selfcarechecklist.com. Now, the retreats I do, again, like I was saying, they're one-on-one. I'm a one-on-one person. People have said, you know, and, and that's the thing, another thing that I had to stay true to myself. People said, well, you can do this and make 10 times more money and, and get 10 or 20 or 50 people in these retreats. And I said, no, I'm a one-on-one kind of girl. I want to go deep with one person. I want to, I want to support that one soul who needs help, that mom, that entrepreneur who is so afraid to, to, to leap into something different, to leap out of a marriage, to leap into a new career, uh, whatever it is that woman is going through, I want to support them. And so I go deep with that one human. I take them to the labyrinth that changed my life, which, get this, I now own a home across the street from this retreat center. Yep. Because because that's how life works. That's how God works. Messages are the highest form of currency, and there's yours. So I wake up every day. I walk right across the street. I support that one human. We go deep for a couple of days and it's private and it's exclusive. I will say that. And it is in a magical area in Paradise Valley, Arizona, in between the two most magical, energetically infused yumminess of mountains you can ever imagine. And I'm living the dream because I stayed true to myself and connected to my soul, had the faith and the courage and the bravery, just like you, to stay there and manifest all the dreams, 
all the beauty that I have in my life. And when you can get back into this natural beauty of connecting to yourself, especially for women, you exude just this incredible beauty, outer beauty, inner beauty. If you can just connect to this natural self. And that's, that's what I did. And it was hard, but I've had mentors and I've had tools and I haven't settled. And I'm, I'm really proud of myself that I'm here and I'm able to serve now and helping people do the same. Not only am I proud of you, but I am just incredibly grateful for your journey so that you can serve at the level that you do, because I appreciate it immensely immensely and and you've alluded to this a few times um as an undertone and i want to say it right now for everybody listening to this understand that it's a team game and be really intentional about the team that you put into your corner this is not a game of isolation this is not go lock yourself in a room this is not go shut out the world this is spend some time with yourself and find people that hold you at your potential and don't believe the story and find them surround yourself with them and love them. And it's so funny, Elaine, in the last two days, I've recorded three podcasts. One was on environmental design. One was on the reticular activating system and how to tune into what you want. And then another one was around stillness. And so all of those have quite frankly summarized up very well today. And I appreciate it immensely. Um, I have one final question for you. And I always land the episodes like this. And I am so incredibly excited for your answer and your wisdom on this one. And so I tell everybody, I don't know if you ever saw that movie Men in Black with Will Smith where they press the button and it erases everybody's memory. Did you ever see that movie? It doesn't make sense without it. Okay. Well, they have this like memory because now I got to give context. They have this like memory eraser device. So when the aliens come out in person and then they save the world, they flash it in everybody's eyes and they set it for like a half an hour or an hour and it makes them forget the previous hour. So they didn't know aliens were real, right? So it's like a memory flash device. And so I ask my guests, to imagine that everybody listening for the last hour and three minutes got flashed and they don't remember anything from this show, nothing. But in this moment, you have the ability to tattoo wisdom on their soul that they will take with them forever. What would your tattoo wisdom be? All you need is nature. All you need is quiet. And all you need is your breath. That's a new fortune cookie. I will take that. I love that. All you need is nature. All you need is quiet. And all you need is your breath. What a beautiful, beautiful summary. Elaine, I am, uh, I'm a little giddy because it was so good to see you. And it was, it was fun, uh, especially since I just got to see Michael and, and that was great as well. Uh, I'm, I'm very honored and humbled. Uh, I have two pages of notes that feels like they were just reminders for me to take into practice today while navigating some storms. And so uh, you coming on the show was a gift for me as well. And uh, I massively, massively appreciate it, like a ton. So thank you so much. It's been my honor to be here with you. Oh, it's, <clears throat> you're just a gift. You're just a gift. So for everybody listening, I'm going to give you the rundown off of memory. So number one, and I'm going to give you this in order of priority. Now, normally 
you don't give humans more than one thing to do, but I'm going to give you like two or three and you're going to do them all because they're all really, really easy. Number one, getquiet.com, name, email, submit. You'll get notified as soon as the book comes out. Number two, the selfcareworksheet.com, which by the way, and I have to be honest, I completely went and opted in while you were talking and I was not present because I was excited to get it. So I already opted in. So the selfcarechecklist.com and then number three, elaineglass.net, which is E-L-A-I-N-E-G-L-A-S-S.net. I'm not even going to tell the story of the other one or you won't follow. So those are the three that I highly, highly, highly recommend that you take action with. And in any way that you can, immerse yourself in Elaine's words, in her wisdom, in her intuition, in her knowledge. It's a true gift hearing what you have to say and letting that be a part of my environment. And so that's my recommendation for everybody listening. It's been another episode of the Mind of George show. So remember the most important thing. Relationships will always beat algorithms, but most importantly, the one with yourself. So we will either see you in the next episode or you will hear me in your earballs. But either way, it's time to get back to life and let's cue the outro. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Mind of George show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five-minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite-only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.